Previously on the Simply Human Podcast. Believe it or not, I actually drained it. I'm a, I'm a runner. And so before my marathon runs in medical school, I would take an 18-gauge needle and I would aspirate it and drain it so that it wouldn't be in the way as <laughs> Hold I on. ran. Hold on. Okay, oh explain, explain that. It's episode 70 of the Simply Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick. Two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it's psychologist, author, blogger, and mother of three, Dr. Jennifer Shoemaker. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with Denial Stories with Rick's brother, Rob. And we'll wrap up with our Simply Human Tip of the Week. How are you, Rick? I'm outstanding. How are you, Mark? Um, I'm good, and I would just like to say it is come and gone, but we didn't get to really talk about it last show. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I got I got you something. And you have you used them or slept in them or well, I, slept uh, with them? I meant to bring this up, and I didn't want you to feel bad, but they're the wrong. But you should feel good, <gasps> and not, instead of bad. Oh, no. uh, Mark got me a pair of Dallas Stars. I, they're kind of like boxer shorts, but I think they're like pajamas. Are they too big? Labeled as just listen. Yeah, they're too big. You got me a size extra large. Well, thank you to the human, the simply human Bang. lifestyle. I don't wear extra large anymore. I wear a medium-ish too large, Crap. so I'm going to send them back. But I'm going to get an identical pair. And like, I mean, can you, you? Can you like if you contacted Amazon? Like, is that oh like yeah, a we huge... do Amazon stuff all the time, and they're really good about returns. So I've got even the little, if even the if it's a gift thing that was in there, and you know, it's going to be good to go. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, don't be sorry. You are the one. You're the part of the reason why I'm wearing yeah, a true. medium ish large ish and not an extra large but anymore. you're uh but and then you ha- you got your but Tyler. i do want everyone to know everyone at amazon to know that when i put them on and try them on i didn't have any underwear <laughs> on <underneath>, so <laughs> whoever ends up drawing the short straw when they end up buying the dallas stars pajama pants like these uh they're really warm in this section. <laughs> they, they have a, a musk about them <laughs> <laughs> they're damp um and then the the talar talar sagain uh action figure that i got you um the I, name is tyler sagan oh, right. that is uh for all you hockey fans that's the style stars best player mark yeah. got me like a little lego figurine of tyler sagan which is really cool i've got like a bunch of little like desk type trinkets like autograph pucks and autograph baseball stuff like that that i've got and so uh, that will fit perfectly within my little, you know, my tiny sports montage there. So, so. and so, just quickly, I texted Anna, um, my are wife, you, "Are you alone?" Because I was going <laughs> to ask her about, like, you know, what should I get him? And like, she didn't respond. And she's probably like, um, <laughs> what "I is told her about want? that after you told me." And she's like, "Yeah." As soon as I got that text, I was just loading shotgun shells into the tube. <laughs> like, all right, man, <laughs> it's time. <laughs> and then I was like, "It's about Rick's birthday." And she wrote me right back. So I sent her all these screenshots of like, I was like, basically like went on Amazon and just put in Dallas Stars. It just like <laughs> loaded my basket with stuff that was well, like that was you know, very thoughtful, Mark. I'm a very big. Uh, it's the thought that counts. Uh, gift giver, probably because I'm bad at giving gifts. I think that's probably the consolation that I, oh, well, I put a lot of thought into this, uh, you know, this wooden fish uh, that uh, you can use on your coffee table. But, uh, you know, that's a very thoughtful gift. You didn't have to get me a present. Well, so thank you very much. You do this uh, for free. So well, I uh, love you, buddy. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, happy birthday. And uh, speaking of uh, Rick and you being a cop, which we weren't, but I, okay. Good segue. Free I, smooth. <laughs> Silky smooth. I do something that I think 
I don't. It's a it's breaking a rule, but I don't know if I can get in trouble for it. I, and it's something that I've all I started doing when we used to have a minivan and we had like the. Uh, well, see, there's this horse that lives around the way, and he's so beautiful. The way he looks at me. Shut up. So, <laughs> it's it's definitely breaking one of the commandments. Anyway, so it started when like you turn the car off to get gas, and then you turn the car back on, and like the movie goes back to the beginning. You know, and like if the kids are halfway well, through the movie, we have, <clears throat> we have very old cars, so no, we don't have that problem. But I'll well, I don't right. anymore because we don't we don't do that anymore, and we don't have the van anymore. We traded it in for something way cooler. So when I get gas, I don't turn my car off. Um, I also don't do that. <gasps> yes. it's because I'm it's because I'm lazy. But I don't know, like state law wise, but we have in my city a city ordinance that says you cannot leave a vehicle unattended. With the engine running, uh, I, I don't yeah, know if anyone unattended. has ever gotten a ticket for it. Basically, it's an auto theft prevention because you wouldn't believe. And I'm dead serious. You wouldn't believe how many times <laughs> people when just it like gets cold in. weather outside, how many cars get stolen because people will go outside, oh, yeah. and turn it on to warm it up, and some guy will just be like, huh, "Free car, jumping in right, <laughs> take off." Or like people do it at like the gas station. They'll pull up in front of Seven Eleven. They'll go inside to get a cup of coffee, and they come out, their car's gone. Like that happens constantly so i think it's like so one, that, you know a very little known ordinance and i don't even know if that's a state law thing or if it's a city well, it definitely deal, says but. it on the on the pump it says take and i started doing that because i used to be way into nascar uh when i when i, when I and didn't you i mean i guess you had to because no, you did the no, sports I'm not, sunday I'm never into, way into NASCAR. but you had to do the highlights and stuff oh man so. check out this guy he's really turning left and then he's going straight oh he's turning left again oh, <laughs> shut up so i was in the nascar when i was doing the sports stuff and the, I, I was in the pits and i'm looking and like they're not turning their car off and like get the driver's not having to get out and like pump his own gas and like swipe his credit card you know like they're just <laughs> they're, kurt bush just gets out his wallet and fumbles through and he drops his card on the ground and he swipes it there, like, oh crap what's like, my billing zip code in the, oh does that go to my house or does that go to my <laughs> in the, dang it in the pits gas is like it goes like flying everywhere and people are smoking and everything everybody's fine so i started doing that speaking of the zip okay, code thing filling up the gas. i th this is something i just thought of okay you talk about the zip code thing but a long time ago when i first started using like a credit card to pump up for gas it, it had this happened to me probably for a year or more Every time I filled up, I would use my credit card and it would ask me the zip code. And I would be like, I don't know what the zip code is here. Like, <laughs> I'm like, why would it ask me this? I'm like, stupid thing. Oh, God. Is this a 75038? Yeah. Not just like one time, but many, many, many times. Okay, so I, how did you ever manage to fill up with gas? I, I, would, I would use like, I would be like, I guess I use my debit card or I use cash. Like, I was right. Like, I, it never dawned on me that they're they're asking you the billing zip code for the credit card you're trying to use. Not like, I'd be like renting a car in like Portland or something, and be like, how the hell am I supposed to know what the zip code is in Portland? Let me tell you, Mark, just very quickly. Uh, I know there are people that listen to this podcast, so don't ignore them. Just listen to me. Okay. You can't tell anybody that. That makes you sound like the dumbest person that ever lived okay, of all time. I won't. So <laughs> well, I don't pretend that you heard Mark say that because that's really ridiculous. I don't. I don't do many things like that, airheady type things like that. But <laughs> that's really, really funny. I know. <laughs> okay. What? One How the hell am I supposed <laughs> to know what the zip code is here? I'm in Tampa. I'm in Tampa. Well, I'll be looking up my phone. You're like you, you like call the person like on the little intercom thing. Like, what's the zip code here? Uh, they're like four eight nine eight seven. 
Thanks. <laughs> you like put well, it in. If, card if denied. You type it in wrong because they haven't always done that. And uh, at one point, I uh, put in a fake one because I was like, I don't want those government satellites tracking me when I buy my gasoline. <laughs> don't tread on me. So like, I punched in a fake zip code, and then it was like. Warning, warning, the police have been called. Oh, geez. No, it didn't really go that yeah. far, but it wouldn't let me pump gas. So yeah. I was like, well, I guess I, I am going to have to let them uh, tread on me, you know, just a little bit, I, I guess, when I'm buying gas. Okay, um, one, one more quick story that I thought of when we were texting back and forth earlier this evening. And there was one time that we were growing up at church, and we were in some sort of like, I don't know, prayer meeting or support group or something where we were going support around. Support group. Don't make it sound like we're <laughs> Alcoholics Anonymous when we're 11. Well, we probably sh- should have been in some type of psychological <laughs> support group. Probably should have been somewhere down the way. Yeah. And we're all going around and the, the, what our, the thing we were supposed to do was say one word. <laughs> <laughs> say one word that we were like like struggling with or that was on our heart. Yeah, or you pick one word. Family. Like, you or, know, a lot of the you know words were like. Oh. Shame. Or like embracing or just yeah. weird words yeah. like that that are stupid and like 11 year olds have no business yeah. doing stuff like so, this but so this was back when you know Rick, teen, you know what it was it was teen council well, is what and it was Rick Rick had not it was not a simply human and so he was a little heavier than rotund I guess yeah. is a good way to put it and so Rick was gonna say um needing N-E-E-D-I-N-G, yeah. and it, like the way you, needing like <laughs> guidance from the Lord, or, like needing a sign that you're real so, or something along those lines. So I don't know. the way the way that it came out, you kind of like said it real quiet. Like me and Jackson, <laughs> we, we thought you said eating. <laughs> so we thought that's you, what I needed I need for this thing, to, this nightmare to yeah. be over with so I could go eat. <laughs> Eating. And they instantaneously just started laughing yeah. at me, and I was like, "What? Oh, like I'm putting needing. my heart and soul out here, and yeah. like eating? Yeah. Oh no, 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 guys, needing. needing. Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, continue yeah. the so, next one. Sorry, I just thought that was that was too good to, sh- to not share. Okay, the yeah. Simply Human T-shirt giveaway-a-thon for February. We've actually already rec- we had, we recorded a whole the whole show, and we had to re-record the show. Yeah. And so Mark screwed it up. What yeah, are you we've already done this. Michael Thompson with a one for the I. Uh, the the review was titled "Literally Awesome." Is this former Laker great Michael Thompson? Um, maybe. If it is, I think you need to send me a shirt. Please be on the show. The uh, the review was, the show is awe-inspiring in the simplicity of their approach. Mark and Rick have a fantastic interplay. Do yourself a favor and listen. So, Michael Thompson. Thank with, you for your kind words and your five stars. Michael. Yes. Thank so, uh, email me, simplehumanlifestyle at gmail.com, and uh, we will, I, I don't have any larges left. I'm at, I got to make another t-shirt order. I just figured that out. So, we're going to do hats. I'm going to do hats. Uh, the snapback hats. I'm going to get those done. So, we're going to, I, I that's just something that I've been trying to do for a long time, and it's going to happen in the next uh, couple of weeks here. So, um, so Michael, reach out to us, and we will get you a shirt, or uh, either now or when we get the new shirts. So, all right, well, let's get to our interview with uh, Dr. Jennifer Shoemaker. So, you can find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. There are links to the Facebook page, YouTube channel, uh, Simply Human Kids page. I'm writing for everydaypaleo.com, which is Sarah Fergusa's website. So, check out is that. Is that a website. regular thing, or just when you feel like uh, um, you, know, you have. Uh, I, the spirit I, attack you, or well, what? I try to write like two or three things a month. Uh, in, okay. in, in February, it was like one thing, so it's like it just kind of depends. I, I've, I've, I've got lots of ideas of stuff. It's just trying to find the time to uh, to write. So check check my stuff out on Sarah Fragoso's site, um, uh, Instagram and, and Twitter at simplyhuman52. There's also links to the nutrients and the skinny fat coupon codes that you can get uh, on the website at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. 
Um, and like we already mentioned, the T-shirts you can get those at simplymoss.com slash shop. So that's all the uh, the business stuff. So let's get to our interview with uh, Dr. Shoemaker. We talked to her about being a girl in the 2010s. Uh, social media, Facebook, selfies, Rick's underdeveloped frontal lobe, confidence, <laughs> teaching your kids to critique media, and how you can help your kids navigate the current media environment. Here's Dr. Shoemaker. Joining us today on the Simply Human podcast, super excited to have Dr. Jennifer Shoemaker. She is a psychology professor at Abilene Christian University. Uh, she was the mentor professor when my wife started teaching there, and uh, she's a blogger. She's a published author, and on Saturday, the 28th, so at the time of this recording, exactly one week ago, her book, Sexualized Media Messages and Our Children, Teaching Kids to Be Smart Critics and Consumers was released, and I purchased it. I was not waiting. I'm not waiting for a hand. I'm not trying to say, hey, you know my wife. I should get a free copy. I don't know. I'm going to support the book. <laughs> That's so, the kind of thing that I would do. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're going to have you on your podcast. Uh, yeah. you, you give me a free book. So, Dr. Shoemaker, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So hopefully this will uh, maybe drive maybe three or four people uh, to to at least check the book out. Not not going to hey, guarantee that they're, yeah, that they're going to buy well, it. One person will buy the book and then we'll take <laughs> photographs of all the pages and email them to the other four listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so. There you go. They must have the 32 gig phone. <laughs> That was a that was a science nerd joke. So, Doctor Shoemaker, tell us about your background. Just and you can start from you know I maybe from the time that you were just a small baby, and, uh, and sort of take <laughs> us all the way through. So, how did you get to where you are today? Well, um, one of the things that people ask me a lot is, how did you get interested in studying sexualized media? You know, that seems kind of a strange topic to some people. Um, but what happened was, I'm a school psychologist. So I've worked with children and adolescents and parents and teachers for um, about 20 years. So I've been around kids, and I've, I've kind of seen the way they interact with popular culture. And then I'm also a mom. I have three daughters of my own. And so when my oldest daughter, who's 15 now, when she turned about eight, I started noticing some differences about the kinds of media and marketing that were being targeted towards her and that's what got my attention because I started learn, you know, seeing a lot of romance, a lot of stories about um, what it means to be a girl. And it was all very appearance-focused and focused on getting people to think you looked good and, and that kind of thing. And so that was what initially got me interested. And then I just started as a researcher thinking, hmm, is this really different? Is the media really different than it was? when I was a kid, or is it just because now I'm a, you know, parent? And so it looks, to me, it looks more shocking. And so I started investigating that. And then I also wanted to find out if it is different, does it make any, any real difference in kids' lives? Is this affecting them in any way? So those are kind of the two questions huh. that drove me to start investigating this. So your oldest daughter is 15. So uh, when you took them to see Fifty Shades of Grey, what was their... Uh... <laughs> What was their feedback? Did you see me over there yeah. in the corner with my, uh, my trench coat on? <laughs> you know, what's interesting is I have a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old, and oh, they are very you. much aware of Fifty Shades of Grey. I mean, those kids that age are talking about it. Um, they're thinking about it. I don't know if they've actually read it, but I know some of them are going to see it. So um, as strange as that seems um, to adults, Adolescents are. Um, this is this is in their conversation range right now. Right. 
crazy. Yeah. So uh, yeah. let's talk about before we get into the book. I, I, you know, you're a researcher. You've looked at this. You know, in particular, the sky psychology of all this stuff. So, well, you know, very smooth, Mark. Very smooth. <laughs> so we talk about you know how our ancestors, you know, didn't know what they look like. You know, they they didn't have mirrors. They knew what other people look mm-hmm. like. So you go from that. To maybe somebody never having seen, unless they like see a spoon and they're like sort of freaking out, like, "Hey, there's my nose and I look concave," whatever it is. So how, how mm-hmm. like, what is how has the psychology changed from that psychology to now, where we have selfies, which we'll talk about in a second, mm-hmm. and we have Facebook, and we have you can see what everybody thinks about, and your and your whole identity is sort of wrapped up into how many likes you get and the comments you get yeah. on your Facebook. So sort of talk about the the change between how things sort of used to be, not not even just in your in ten years ago or twenty years ago, but hundreds of years ago to now. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we think about what's going on right now, I mean, social media has just had a huge impact on the way we think about ourselves, the way we present ourselves to other people, um, what we think about what other people are thinking of us and how much we care about that. Because it used to be that, you know, if you think about a long, long time ago when you weren't communicating with people except the people you saw all the time, you know, what happened in your daily life and the connections with those people, that's what mattered to you. Now, you know, compared to even 15 years ago, I may have people commenting on my work or the way I look or the things I do who I've never met in person, who I I don't even know who they are. Maybe they're anonymous. And so we, it really has changed. And um, adolescents, these, you know, these days, um, I heard a term the other day called generation selfie. <laughs> and Um, It was actually from an adolescent, and he was talking about how his generation is so focused on presenting themselves, so self-presentation through social media, and how that can really, it can really change the way you feel about yourself, but also what you focus on about, you know, your own growth and development. If you're always focused on the way you look and how you appear to other people, that's really different than thinking of yourself as being someone who can make the world a better place, who can be, you know, good at certain skills, things like that. So it becomes this much more shallow focus as well. Let's That's a about- really interesting point because, like, if you look, and I am, admittedly, I am super Facebook man. I am on Facebook all the time. Rick so is the king of selfies. Rick is the yeah. king of selfies. I'm basically. not the king of selfies. I'm doing that to mock <laughs> you, the actual king of selfies. No, no, no. But- okay, hold on, hold on. Hold that thought. I did a selfie <laughs> protest a couple of years ago where I made myself look as horrible as I could. That That is not the purpose. And you continued to take selfies. Well, that, so that's not a protest. No, a protest but, is not, oh, I disagree with this company, this uh, company's practices. <laughs> I'm going to buy all of their products and tell them how every time I'm giving them their money, how much I take. <laughs> Your selfie protest was like a selfie un- Protest. Well, it was it was. <laughs> I tried to make myself look as terrible as I could, which it, and defeats this. We Man, won't we won't talk about when. Yeah, hey, easy. We won't talk about how uh, the all all of your selfies that you send all have the, a common theme. But we won't it's go there. Giving you the middle finger is what it is. That's the all my selfies. You can tell it's a very Andy Warhol type of thing. But I, I don't want to get off track. Right. Let's go. Let's topic. go. Like I'm on Facebook all the time. 
and you look through my feed and you see like the pictures of me and the kids having a good time, me and the wife having a good, like for, like today we took our youngest to the uh, trampoline park. It says his birthday's tomorrow. So that's on there. Uh, Sunday was my birthday. My wife took me to the Dallas Stars hockey game. So there's a picture of us on there. You see all the good times, but you don't ever Facebook like, yep, just had a real awful day at work. I'm a real right. idiot and a real huge screw up, and I feel terrible about myself. Mm-hmm. Some Some humongous do. giant fight with the wife. Man, things are really not going well. Like, that's not the stuff that makes our Facebook feed, but that's the thing. Right. You know, life is up and down and up and down, but when you look at Facebook, it's all supposed to be up. And you get right. this impression, this distorted impression from all of your friends and all of your acquaintances that are in your you know, peer group or whatever, that they have these perfect idyllic lives. They're going to these great restaurants and great vacations, and their kids are beautiful, their wives and husbands are beautiful, their cars are expensive. But that's not reality, and we're screwing up reality for all of us. Yeah, well, and you know what's interesting is some research that looked at um, adolescents and how they use social media and even young adults has found that, especially for girls and young women, the more they use social media, the lower their self-esteem tends to be. And I think it's probably because of this comparative um, analysis they're doing. Like you said, well, my life isn't that great. I don't I don't have as many friends. Or they went out and no one invited me to go with them, you know, and that kind of thing. And so they're looking at their real life with its ups and downs, and they're comparing it to this social media presented life of other people, and and they're not realizing that those people just aren't sharing their downs. Right. They have them, too. Well, I think that, too, there's a, there's an other side of that where some people only share the downs to try to get, mm-hmm. like, as much sort of wallow in their own self-pity kind of thing. Like, you see that, too. And then it's kind of the same right. thing. You're, they're, they're getting their self-worth out of how many people can say, oh, well, I'm so sorry that happened to you. You know, mm-hmm. not, not that there's not a place for that in our lives and in our, our uh, relationships, but it's kind of like that people just sort of get stuck in that. And that's all, right. now all they want is people to, to reach out to them and, you know, feel sorry for them. Yeah, social media is a tricky thing because it definitely... Um, it definitely consumes a lot of our time, especially when we think about adolescents and young adults. And yet, it isn't it isn't um, reality, and so we have to be aware of that. So, where do you see, like, okay, in ten years, in twenty years, what is your prediction on what all this is going to? I mean, is there still going to be Facebook as we know it? Is it going to be? Uh, I'm, I'm asking you to look into your crystal ball here. So, <laughs> well, that is an interesting question. I mean, one thing that we that we notice is that when your grandparents starts getting on a social media platform, then you have the adolescents leaving. And so, um, <laughs> even with Facebook, <laughs> yeah, if you think about Facebook, for example, my mom and dad are on there. Yeah. So, you know who's not on there? My 15-year-old. She's not interested huh. in being on Facebook. So Dude, old people is- like it, and they're all over 40. <laughs> Dude. I know. Let's get on that. Yeah, you get off. Or something that, like, old people haven't even heard of. <laughs> it's it kind of scary. Like, yeah. is, is it going to be something even more, like, sort of like, I don't want to say use the word detrimental, because I think there is a place for Facebook or social right. media in society. I just think that it's it's just another thing that can, like, a gun. Like, guns are okay, in my opinion. But if you use guns in the wrong way, now you have the problem. Like, uh, so I right, think it's just right. another thing that you, we can just sort of abuse and go kill people with. Mm-hmm. Everyone send Mark an angry email yeah. because he loves guns. I don't love guns. I own an egg <laughs> gun. It's not, I'm not, a, whatever. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, well, and this is very interesting because you hit on something a couple minutes ago, Jennifer. That that's uh, it's you know ruminating in my mind, and I'm marinating on it. And it's you know mm-hmm. thirty years ago, not even thirty years ago, twenty fifteen years ago. If like something mm-hmm. in my life happened, there would be a small circle around me with which I would share, like my friends, mm-hmm. my immediate neighbors, my coworkers. Like I say, I get a promotion at work. Well, I tell my friend and my, you know, my coworkers know it. Uh, a couple of my friends know it that I don't work with. I tell probably like Mark because we're real close friends. Say, hey, I got a promotion at work. He'd be like, hey, great. Good, good job. I tell my parents stuff like that. Well, now uh, you, that circle has widened from seriously what would be like 10 people to 500 right. people. Because what's mm-hmm. the very first thing you do when something happens? <laughs> I got to get on Facebook. I got to put right. it on Facebook and put that on there. And so it, it's it's just contributing to, instead of having like these 10 or 15 very close, intimate personal contacts, mm-hmm. like just watering it down and having like 500 people. And I guarantee the, uh, however many Facebook friends I have, they don't care in reality about, uh, I got a promotion at work or my kid had a birthday or we do this or we do that. They don't care because I don't care right. about them. If I cared about them, they'd be t- being, I'd be telling them in person, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, okay. This is, uh, and, we'll, and we'll move on from Facebook, but this is what Facebook is for. I was just, I went on Rick's page to see if I could find anything incriminating, which I couldn't, <laughs> but I'm like scrolling through the newsfeed and there's a picture of a baby weasel on a woodpecker in mid, in mid flight. Yeah. That's what Facebook <laughs> yeah. is for. That kind of stuff. That's ha ha. That's funny. It's not about yeah. like I don't know. It's not anyway. Funny so. pictures and funny stories are what <laughs> I try to keep it to. But I see I have so many relatives that are on Facebook. It's the only way they get pictures of like my kids, and so that's why mm-hmm. you know, I try to put kids stuff on there because I want them to be engaged. But then there's the question of like you know I, 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 yeah let's I could talk literally because yeah. I'm super Facebook man. I could talk Facebook for for hours about how I hate it, but I love it and I must see it all the time, <laughs> yes. 24 hours a day. Okay, so moving on from social media, let's talk just about media in general. And in the mm-hmm. book, you talk about how, and, and I'm, I, you know, I've done some some reading on, on this as well. How marketing departments, especially at like major corporations whether it be food or movies or whatever have have started targeting you know like one of the things in your book you talk about is like how uh you know happy meals or mcdonald's sort of in their literature if you want to call it that says mm-hmm. uh you know we target you know four to eight year olds at happy meals but there's like pg-13 movie toys in the happy right. meals so it's like there's sort of this uh disconnect or this sort of conflict there and so let's talk about a little bit mm-hmm. of the ad- advertisement and uh and how you know media has now sort of really started directly targeting kids who as as another quote in the book the uh, they love they're like the perfect little consumers because they want to buy everything they don't understand costs right. and and they don't have to work for their money they're just like I want that I want that I want this so mm-hmm. right because I mean one of the things that I know as a psychologist is that children don't have fully developed frontal lobes and frontal lobes are what help us make decisions long term they're the things that help us um, problem solve and and when so when we're little kids or even the adolescents. Um, we're not making those kind of choices with a long-term plan in mind. So everything looks like a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I'll eat those fire Cheetos, you know. I'll play that game because it's got this this character that I'm connected with on it. And, and I'll keep clicking these different things. And one of the biggest um, problems right now with kids and advertainment has to do with um, online, what's going on online, because 
the research tells us that even up to 13-year-olds sometimes can't distinguish advertising when it's on um, a computer. So, like, if they're on the Internet and they're playing a game, sometimes they don't know if what they're clicking on is actually advertising, like a game that's connected to um, Cheetos, for example, or um, some movie that's being promoted, or if it's actually, is this advertising or is this a game? And and they can't tell the difference, and that's our early adolescence even. Not my, dad sometimes, my, my, my dad sometimes can't tell the difference between like an ad and a real <laughs> news story. Well, Rick, so that's I can because, imagine a 13-year-old would have problems. Well, Rick, you know? that, that's right. because underdeveloped frontal lobes run in your family. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that I mean, so that's a big issue, and um, even now you'll probably see this if you if you go online for like Mattel, they have websites for all their different products. So like Monster High is one of the ones I talk about in the book. They sell books, but then they also sell dolls, and then they have these webisodes that they produce that are online and they're on YouTube. And so there's you know kids go and watch these as as you know entertainment on YouTube. But it's also an advertisement for the product. They're trying to get you to go and buy those dolls, go and buy those books, go and buy those clothes that have that character on them. So there's also this commercialization of childhood that I think is, um, you know, pretty disturbing. It's hard to find, for example, a, you know, just a, a shirt without some kind of product placement on it when you're going to buy clothes for your kids. Yeah, or how like the... Uh Oh, I think there's some in the book, like the Legos. They're, they have, they even yeah. Legos. They now have have are targeting. You know, these are girl Legos and these are boy right. Legos, and like how that can kind of be confusing and all that. So, um, well, let's in in the book you you talk about the five C's, and the five C's are competence, confidence, connection, character, and compassion or caring. And so, mm-hmm. like, how do we? Okay, so Rick has two uh, small sons. Uh, one's birthday is, is well at the time of this recording it was just a couple of days ago. Uh, another one has his birthday next next month and or in May. I'm sorry, Rick, May sixth. Um, yes, thank you, thank yeah, you, sorry. thank you for remembering. I have uh, five and four year old girls and a one year old son. It's like, how do parents mm-hmm. sort of, especially with the, one of those C's, really sticks out to me is the confidence thing, I, especially with the girls. How can yeah. dads with daughters? And even with sons, like how can we ensure in this environment of just crazy stimuli all over the place, how can we ensure mm-hmm. that our kids have confidence? And that and that applies to adults too. How can we, you know, ensure that we have confidence? Are you saying competence or confidence? Oh, I'm sorry, confidence. I'm sorry. It sounds a lot like competence. Confidence. Yeah. They do. They sound like yeah. well, one of the keys when we think about confidence and building confidence is what are we telling kids it's important for them to be good at. What, where does their value come from? And if you feel like you're, you're doing a good job and you can do the things that matter, then you're going to be more confident. And so that's something we have to think about as parents because right now the media is giving a lot of messages that say your value comes from, if you're a girl or a woman, your value is coming from your ability to be sexually or romantically attractive to meet this thin ideal. Um, And for boys and men, your value is coming from being an aggressive, you know, romantic player, someone who gets a lot of um, girls, someone who's 
aggressive and competitive. And so those are the messages they're getting from popular culture right now. So we have to think about what message am I sending at home Mm. and how do I help them see that what makes them valuable is who they are. It's their compassion. It's their strengths. It's how they treat other people. You know, those are the kinds of things I want you to build your efficacy, um, my ability to make change in the world, my ability to affect change. It's going to be really forming how I feel about myself and my confidence. So if I feel like I can make a difference in a positive way through my strengths, um, through my caring, through my compassion, then I'm going to have confidence that's not based on what I look like. Is that just as simple as reinforcing those messages at an early age and stressing like, hey, these are the things, the values that our family thinks are important, or is there something more to it? Is, is, should there, you know, is there a more aggressive, I guess, strategy we should be taking? Right. Well, I mean, I would definitely do that. So you definitely want to be sharing your values openly. But the other thing you want to do is to provide models for your child in their life of people who are doing those things. So um, men and women or older boys and older girls who are confident in themselves as people using their strengths. So not, and you don't want to, you know, make comments about the people in your life um, based on things like their appearance because your kids are getting plenty of messages about that. So instead say, wow, look at how strong that person is. Or that person has really worked hard to achieve this, you know, that sort of thing. So you're, you're showing them those models and you're reinforcing with your words what's important about the people in your lives. And then also helping them learn how to critique the media that they do see. Um, that's showing them these thin ideals or muscular ideals, the sexualization. So you can ask them, do people really look like that when they see you know, pictures of a Barbie doll. Or, or, or saying something like, hey, does it does it matter? Do, does, do you think daddy cares if you look like that person or this person? Like, is it saying stuff like that? You could, and you you could also point out um, when there's really unrealistic body images. I remember watching a, I was watching a Barbie movie with my girls when they were littler, and, and uh, my youngest said, hmm, you know, the, the people on this show really look kind of funny. Like, look at how <laughs> tiny their waists are, and their legs are really long. And Tell me about talking it. talking about what they would look like if they were real people. And, you know, we had this great, funny conversation. But I think it stuck with her that those are not realistic images right. you know that's not really what people look like well i have to so do that with, like your little kid. i have to do that with jen like anytime I, my shirt is off i'm always like now jen not everybody looks like this <laughs> sorry <laughs> now like it's it, one of the things that i'm hearing you say over and over again without you actually having said it is that and i think all parents know this and we all are sometimes good at it sometimes bad at it but we can't be lazy with things. Now, sometimes I'll take my kids and I'll put them in front of a show on Netflix and turn it on because I've got to get some stuff done around here and I can't have them like, you know, hang on my legs and, and you know, nerding me to death about stuff. But we need to, <laughs> to be consuming this, uh, the media with our kids, watching the right. shows they're watching, seeing the mm-hmm. games they're playing, because they're gonna the see stories it. they're reading yeah. to make sure that like, oh my gosh, because I think yeah. we would all be a little bit surprised at when we're watching it if something that maybe we haven't seen yet and be like, oh, my God, this is the message they're getting from this. We need to make right. sure that we're extremely intentional about 
mm-hmm. what we're allowing our kids to see and watch and, and hear and listen to, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's a good well, point. Yeah. The really cool thing is if you do that early with your kids and you teach them how to ask critical questions like, what is this sh- what is the message of this show? What do you think about the choice that character made? They'll do that when they get older. So my oldest hmm. daughter now, she'll watch a popular show, and even if I'm not there with her, she'll come back and talk to me about it. She'll say, you know, I saw this movie, and I don't know what I think about it because this is what happened, and I didn't really like the way the character responded or whatever. So because you're laying that groundwork for them, again, building their confidence as, as media critics, right? They're learning how to do that critique, and then as they get older, they start doing that on their own. Even yeah. my 10-year-old will do that. If I'm not around, she'll come back and report to me on these different things that she saw and what she <laughs> thought about it in a very critical, thoughtful way. Well, see, this well, I is think a that's very... what we want to do is raise children who are critically thinking adults that can right. uh, that, that are not just... I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Idiocracy, but basically the premise is that 500 years in the future, everyone is so stupid that stupid people take over the planet and all these smart people have been bred out. And so these stupid people will just believe anything they see on TV, they see in billboards, they, they're told, and there's no critical thinking whatsoever. I think we all understand that we want to raise kids that are the opposite of that, that can think on things a variety of different levels, that can you know see an ad and be like, you know, oh, that's, I don't know. That's that's yeah. the goal. Obviously, is to raise smart, critically thinking children that that one day are adults that change the world and improve the world. And I think I guess right. what you're saying is that starts now. That yeah. starts as early as yeah. you can start. And this is a very simply mm-hmm. human idea, as far as like, okay, you know, if you really want to be a human, you're gonna move off into the woods and disconnect from from society. Well, that's we're trying to figure out how to be humans within this context of modernity. So it's right. like your right. kids are going to see this stuff. Like it, it, right. if if you think they're not, you either you're either <laughs> a delusional or you need to move off into like an Amish community or something. And even then they're going to run away and get pregnant. We've seen the movies. And um so it's like they're going to see it. So I it's sort of this is an idea that sort of dawned on me just now. It's like it's you know, obviously not taking them as we joked earlier, not taking them to see like something like Fifty Shades of Grey and like critiquing that, but knowing right. that they're going to, you know, giving them tools to know like what is realistic, what's not realistic and what their strength yeah. and what their strengths are. And so, you know, we, we talk a lot about, okay, movement stuff. What can you do for kids as far as movement, putting trapeze in their room, uh, not having a game system and a chair in their room or their food, not having bad stuff in the pantry or, or you know, and having that every once in a while. So what are some things that, that parents can do to sort of foster this environment of healthy media consumption? Like what are, what are things uh-huh. that you can do to make changes at your home or anything like that? Are there steps you can take? Yes, definitely. I mean, number one is just awareness on the part of the parents. So opening your eyes up and looking at the messages that are being sent to your kids, because I often hear people go, oh, it's not that bad. Oh, it's not that different from when we were kids. Yes, it is. The research tells us that it is different. Um, Not only are the messages more pervasive because we have things like iPhones and iPads, um, with us all the time, but they're just more prevalent. The numbers of kind of sexualized images and narratives we see. Um, and, you know, so being aware is the first one. And then the second one is just being ready to talk with your children. So being able to point out, like we were saying, things that we don't agree with and stopping and asking them, what do you think about that? One time when my, uh, my middle daughter, who's 13 now, when she's about nine or 10, we were 
downtown in a big city, and she said, Mom, why do companies use women's bodies as um, to sell stuff? Why do they use them as, like, posters? And I said, tell me more about that. You know, what are, what are you thinking? And she said, well, they have these products that aren't really have anything to do with the woman, and then they have this woman's body. They're using it as a poster to sell something. And I thought, yeah, she's seeing it. She's nine, and she can already understand this concept. And so don't be afraid when they're little to ask them questions. What do you think about that? What did you think about the choices that character made? What do you think about the clothing they're wearing? What do you think? You know, so you're asking, and then you guide the conversation so that you're not telling them what to think, but you're giving them some guidance as they're forming their opinions about this. And you can share your own thoughts as well and tell them why you think what you do. Um, And then, you know, a third thing is I just would say, especially as your kids get older, don't be afraid um, to let them engage with certain media. I mean, it's got to be age appropriate, but you engage with them. And so that's what I've really tried to do with my kids as they've moved into teenage years to say, okay, you want to read that book series like Twilight, for example, or you want to watch that TV show that I'm not sure about. Well, let's just watch it together or let's read the books together. And then we're going to talk about them with each other. And so... I think what you said about, um, you know, that you can't keep them from seeing it. You can't protect them forever. But what you can do is equip them and empower them to be critical consumers so that they go into their interactions with media feeling confident in the way they know how to critique it and to um, deal with it in their own way and so that they don't feel powerless and just like some pawn of media companies. Right. Cool. Well, um, let's see. Let me take the time here. And we are we are right up on time. I'm going to ask you one more question. It's something that I've asked every new guest that's been on the Simply Human podcast. And it doesn't have to have anything to do with uh, social media or, or psychology or anything, having daughters. Um, the question is, what is something that you enjoy about life or something you do to make life more enjoyable? Hmm. I would say I enjoy laughing with my friends. And so... What I do to to try to make my life I mean, my life more enjoyable is just spending that time with with my friends and um, having some downtime to just laugh together, enjoy each other, um, talk about our lives. I think that's so important to our mental health and our physical health. Cool. Which is also pillar number four of the simply human lifestyle. Enjoy life like a human. Take intentional time <laughs> out of your day to have fun, to enjoy, to relax, to enjoy your connections with other human beings, which is very precious. Thank you very much. Awesome. Now, Dr. Shoemaker, uh, I'm linking to your book on Amazon. Uh, Any any other links that you want me to provide in the show notes? Um, We do have, there's a link um, on Barnes & Noble, uh, their website, and there's also one at Books a Million, so you could link to, awesome. to both of those. Now, do you as have well. like a blog or any any sort of uh, yes. website that you want? Thank to Thank you for mentioning that. Yes, it's just my name. It's Jennifer I mean Jennifer Shoemaker dot com. Oh, there it so is. So I've already been there. So in my in my research. So yeah, there it is. Cool. All right. Well, Dr. Shoemaker, sure appreciate it, and I'm sure hopefully I'll run into you on on campus or something sometime soon. But, yeah. Uh, hope the hope the book sales continue to go well, and uh, and we will uh, follow up with you soon. Yeah. Great. Thanks so much for having me. You're listening to the Simply Human podcast. 
All right. Thank you, Dr. Shoemaker. We will link to all of her stuff in the show notes. I highly recommend going out and buying that book, especially if you have daughters or could potentially have daughters at some point in the future. Uh, who knows? Who you know? What's a very vague statement? <laughs> I guess we're all. If you category. could possibly maybe think at some point in the future about possibly maybe possibly trying to have daughters. Or a granddaughter. So uh, so there's that. Um, it is now time for the Humans Being Human segment. And we, we talk about this uh, after the segment, but a, a bit we had for this show we didn't feel like would go well with, uh, with Dr. Shoemaker's interview. So we decided to push it back to next show, which is going to be on the 21st of March. And we're like scrambling trying to find someone last minute and we called the funniest person that you and I literally the funniest person that we know easily uh my brother Rob Rob Bentley (laughs) well um I mean I had an idea that I that I texted you Rick about being denied and I had and and like but see that kind of you already sort of told a denied story with the whole Shelly is your dad bald (laughs) story yeah I mean I got a lot of material in that realm. I feel like Rob has a lot of arrows in that quiver. Well, let me let let me start, and then that hopefully will will jog some some memories here. So I'm assuming you're uh, some great memories. Yeah. So um, other than that, my all time great is a very short one. When I called Jen's dad to ask if I could marry Jen, he said no. Um, (laughs) But that's another. Was it literally just like he picked up the phone, like, "Hello, can I marry your daughter?" No, I just hung up. Or was it, like, <laughs> it was actually. A, uh, let me tell you why. Because uh, the, let me tell, I'll tell you, you why. You can't. Is you can go f- yourself. We got to start all over, and I'm so sorry for that. No, yeah. that's okay. We'll, no, no, no. We'll bleep it out. I that's can bleep that. Last time, and it was funny. I can bleep that. It, it was more towards Rob's scenario than just the no hang up. It, it, it was awkward, but we worked it out, and it's been great. So when I was a sophomore in high school. I had uh, like this girlfriend whose best friend was named Christine. Okay, and she did. There's no way she listens to the show. And we were like, we, she and I were like really good friends. Like she would tell me about all of her boyfriends, and we'd talk about all the girls that I liked. You know, she was like my friend, right? Mm. So yeah, talk, talk, talk slower. So we're at this like sophomore year party, which is basically just like a bunch of kids like over at someone's house with like the parents in the other room where they could like they always like just like stick their head in the room like. What are y'all doing in here? Hands. Where's the hands? Yeah. Let me see the hands. And it wasn't anything crazy. So me and Christine ended up alone in this bedroom. <laughs> How old are you? Sophomore? I was, you fif- I was 15. Okay. Only uh, age sophomore me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I guess I thought I, it's Mark, like not the girl. The girl, <laughs> no, that's, person, no, not a piece of me. No, I didn't. Mark, yeah. certainly a piece of me. That's, that age. that's what I thought. That's what I thought you meant. So, I guess like the part of me, it was like, okay, we're best friends, but I'm a guy and I'm alone with a girl. So, like my, <laughs> I just like went crazy, and so like, oh no, I you s- went crazy. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay. Define that. No, not crazy. But okay. So like okay. we're sitting there like talking about something, and all of a sudden I was just like, I'm going for this. Into a Tasmanian devil. I just started like busting my head through the wall. <laughs> like, okay. I'm completely insane. Yeah. Wait, is that is that really what you did? No. So I like we're like talking about something like so how's uh, and this is when the uh, superstar. Saturday Night Live bit, remember the uh, the Mary Catherine Gallagher? Yes, yes. that's when that very was very popular. Bit. And she and I oh. liked Saturday Night Live. We would watch Saturday Night Live together and talk about it stuff. So we're talking about something like, "Hey, how's your dog? My dog's fine." And I just like out of nowhere, just like 
went in for the kiss. Like, like that just, is Jack. Just, <laughs> You're telling him. So I just like and she, and she like stopped me and she like put her hand out and like st- touched it my chest and she said, "You're joking, right?" <laughs> and I was like, "So let me ask yep, you this. You got me. Is that Morris time out here? Let me ask you this." You have at this point, you have a fork in the road. You can either be like, "No, baby, no, baby, I'm, I'm all about you," or you can be like, "Yep, I was just kidding." Yeah, so what? <laughs> old Mark. So what do you think I did? Oh, you chose road number two. Yes. So I was like, I was like, of course I'm joking. It's and I got up and I went superstar and like I did, I did my hands up and like did the little lunge, like tell me you felt it was. It's the most awkward thing ever. Okay, so Rob, what are yours? Uh, I don't know. I, I that's never happened before. <laughs> I'll give Rob a little bit more time to think uh, to, of a good one because long-time listeners will re- will remember Rob's story at the bakery when uh, the girl leans in and says, "Rob, I have, I have something to ask you." <laughs> yes, what is it? Thinking that she's going to ask him to like uh, you know go to the prom. Is your dad bald <laughs> too? But I don't have like I uh, I am episode, not like Mark. Never been rejected. Ep- episode well, twenty eight and twenty nine. I've never been rough. rejected, but also it's because I uh, was too much of a sissy to ever like uh, to ever you know, to be bold like Mark was. Like I'm just gonna move in and do this. It was never anything remotely like. That. I don't think uh, bold is how I would describe that. Well, I think that's a bold move when you're fifteen. You got to uh, you know hormones raging yeah. and you're gonna swoop in for the kill i, I was always too much you haven't learned game. that you should get a girl's permission before touching her <laughs> <laughs> would that would, it would have been like if i leaned in to kiss rick or something but anyway but uh like, yeah it's because i never you know you hear that old like axiom like you never hit a home run if you never swing the bat well that's why i never hit a home run ever 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 just always uh getting up there and striking out and like seeing three pitches and walking right back to the dugout. Well, that's before, like when I met my wife, uh, that's, it's kind of, it's not, it's the opposite of a rejection story, but it's kind of a, a story of like illustrating how I am so timid with women that it's terrible. Uh, she and I were, were good friends before we, uh, you know, got together in that special manner. But one before night we were her. at her apartment watching TV and, uh, she just basically like throws out there the, uh, I want to hey, I, li- I like you, you know that, right? And I was like, uh, like swallowing, like, uh, are you pulling at your necktie that's not there? Yeah. Oh boy, it's uh, getting a little warm in here, eh? Like, uh, I, Why I are you taking out of your collar? You're wearing a Jason Kidd jersey. <laughs> at that point, I don't know what to do. Like, to either be like, yeah, I knew that. I was just about to do the old yawn and put my arm around you, move, or to be like, uh, Listen here, if you like me, you're going to have to know that I suck at this and I'm really terrible and super incredibly awkward. And she was like, yeah, 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 I pretty much got that. So, and that's, uh, I've known you for 31 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Our first conversation, uh, this is how awkward I was. I, you know, knew moment, like instantaneously that I, uh, you know, there's something about this, uh, this Anna lady and at a party, lady, <laughs> she was 45 years old when you met her. That's a good point. She was not that old, but, uh, we ha- she speaking of Saturday Night Live earlier, she asserted in a conversation that G.E. Smith, the former yes. leader of the Saturday Night Live Orchestra, was dead. And I was like, "No, he's not dead." She's like, "No, that guy's totally dead." And I was like, "No, he's not dead." And me, he died of an ass- 
on stage. <laughs> Dehydrated. <laughs> Dehydrated. <laughs> it's like that scene in uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when the guy drinks from the wrong guy. <laughs> just shrivels up. Just Blows like away. A, like a burlap sack. <laughs> That was all I had. Sorry, that was a sweet guitar lick there. <laughs> no, I'm, you died like, newly loved on stage. <laughs> what I did was even Sorry. worse and creepier. I uh, went home the that night and printed out like 500 news articles about what GE Smith was doing, like uh, you know, right around that <laughs> to time prove period, her wrong. Like, GE Smith appearing at. Uh, such and such casino on Friday night and highlighted his name. And like the next time I saw her, I was like, I think you'll be impressed that I am not a nerd and hand her all that. And she was like, what is this? And it's like, GE Smith is alive. And she's like, well, I'll be damned. And just like turn around and walked out. Like, but, but I spent like 20 hours doing that. Like GE oh, Smith, G. Smith starring with Arnold Schwarzenegger and pumping iron too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, only about five people will get that joke. Uh, is that a real? That's really, is, really is that a real laugh? Is he is, is he faking laughing or is that a real laugh? Is that a real laugh or is he faking? Okay, I'm almost said I'm so sorry. Was that a fake laugh? I apologize during this podcast. Were you really laughing or was that a fake laugh? That was real. Oh wow! I'm so happy I made you laugh. It, it took me a, a second to get it, and then when I did. <laughs> That's the hardest I've ever made Rob laugh, to the point where I thought he was, like, mocking me because no one laughed for a second. <laughs> You'll never know now. Yeah. So, Rob, you, uh, your denial stories. Let's go. I've been out of the game a super long time. Hang on. You can tell one since yeah, you've been game. married. Really yeah, do they still call it the game? No, they certainly don't. <laughs> That's how long. Uh, well, we're actually at 10 minutes, so that that's a segment right there. If we so just Rob joins us to tell zero stories. Right. <laughs> just to make uh, a couple of side uh, side funny jokes and some inappropriate comments. That is roughly, that's how valuable my reaction takes are. Uh, well, that's, this is that was actually perfect. We're at like uh, 11.20. I'm going to have to put in like eight bleeps and <laughs> show done. Well, we're good. Right. Thank you for taming, taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, to not tell any interesting stories. <laughs> Thank you. Rob. So I'm going to go back in there and get yelled at some more. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Rob, this was great. Thank you. All right. Thanks, thanks for the break. We'll see you. All right. I'll text you later. All right, thank you, Rob, uh, for doing that on such short notice. And uh, there yeah, was... we'll, we'll we'll get more into this <clears throat> in the next show. But we had yeah. another bit lined up. Uh, a, prank, a prank call bit, and we'll get into this later because uh, it requires an. Well, you know what? We maybe we talked about it at the beginning of the show. Time oh, travel talk. I thought we were. I thought. Uh, I thought we were going to re-record that part. We are. Oh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> we had a, a, like an already a bit fit in there, a prank call that we make to Bra- to Mark's uh, Mark's brother Jeff, but then we realized like you know it kind of clashed with. <laughs> You know, maybe a little bit of what our guest, yeah. Dr. Shoemaker, was talking about. Not anything horribly bad, but like just 
uh, they just they, they didn't really go right together. And we didn't want her to be like, hey, all my colleagues, listen to this show that I was on and be like, oh, my God, this is so terrible. Yeah, so, so instead we did the, we uh, the Arnold. So my brother was very gracious enough to do this pretty much ex- like last possible second. Yeah. And that it, it, he was having quite a time with his with his seven year old at home. He was going bananas. So thank you to my brother for who will not listen to this. But thank yeah. you to him anyway for, uh, there was, for giving us that. There was one more denial story that, that I was going to share. I was waiting for Rob to tell one of his but he never did and uh, it was in uh, eighth grade I got the courage to go ask this girl out in the hallway and I like walked up straight up to her and like I was like this is it everyone was telling me I had to ask her out and it was like everyone was watching and I was like Rachel will you go out with me and she said I'll never forget this she said it's been too soon since Dowdy she was dating this guy named Ryan Dowdy this is eighth grade and I was just like okay Sorry, I just like <laughs> ran off. So anyway. you know, I've got an even better one than that. I I forgot this until now. Till you started mentioning that. Have you ever heard my Heather Gray story? No. <clears throat> Have you not? Okay. So Heather Gray, she undoubtedly does not listen to this show. She was in my wedding. Uh, she's so a very good very friend good of friend ours. Of ours. Yeah. Growing up, she was as close to a sister as I had. Uh, but this was later on in you know life. Uh, or, you know, up until about sixth, seventh grade. Our families were friends, but I didn't like, I wasn't super close with her, but later we got to be very, very, very tight friends. Well, the first day of middle school, which is sixth grade, uh, you have like a lot of, you know, all these elementary schools, they're all pushing together to like form in your mind, like one gigantic mega school, like, oh, there's the kids from Thomas Elementary, and there's the kids from whatever elementary, and there's the kids from Harrington Elementary, and it was just bananas. Well, Heather grew up going to Thomas Elementary, which was not too far from mine, but we had limited interaction. Well, she's a uh, you know, very, very nice girl. She's very pretty. Well, I decide, uh, and we know each other, so I decide the first day of sixth oh, grade geez. that I'm going to ask her. How do I not be, know this? Because I, I, it's horrifyingly embarrassing. It's <laughs> bringing up a lot of terrible emotional scars, Mark, and I hate you for it. Um, <laughs> so I'm, gonna, I, I, I'm approaching her locker, and I don't remember exactly. I think I had it written down in a note, something to this effect. And I guess she could tell like what was happening by the way I was walking or like, you know, I was just walking very smooth, John Travolta like or something. I don't know. Did your note say, I want to become friends with your bottom? (laughs) Stop it. Sorry. But I walk up and I'm going to hand her the note and I'm handing it to her. And she just said, no, (laughs) no. And she shook her head, like eyes closed, shaking her head. No. And I was like, but you don't No. Yeah. I mean, it's that's almost the equivalent of me. And don't do this. And I was like, Oh, 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 and I like just slunk, slinked away. Well, it turns out that was a great thing because, you know, we ended up being very good friends and no. that would have been very weird and awkward. And also I was a huge nerd. So, and she was not a nerd, nerd and not nerd. Can't that's oil and water. They can't mix. Well, there's a TV show that the nerd is dating a hot girl, but. Oh, well, it's a TV show. Wow. It must be real, right? <laughs> it is time for the simply even tip of the week. Something you can start doing today to be a more healthy human, and we're going to uh, you know, sort of along the same lines of what we talked to Dr. Shoemaker about, and it is basically be intentional about what your kids watch and what they're exposed to, knowing that they're going to see stuff. Don't just set them in front of the uh, adult Netflix deal and just let them go or YouTube or whatever You want to watch House of Cards? I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Just yeah. Turn it on and- 
get, get going. Well, yeah. we talked, we talk about it a lot with ourselves. Be intentional about what you're doing for yourself. Intentionally consume good foods instead of just driving to the drive-thru and put food in my mouth hole. Like pick what you're watching, pick what you're doing, pick how you're moving. Be intentional about your actions because you know you're des- you deserve it because you're a good, strong person and you deserve good, strong you know movement and sleep and 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 food and stuff like that. Well, your children deserve it too, and they're much more impressionable. We talk in that interview about their frontal lobes aren't all the way developed. They're not just like little tiny adults. They they're developing in, into their twenties and and thirties almost. So the, you set the groundwork now. Don't just, and I'm just as bad about it, and I'm definitely not parent shaming, but because like there are times where I put my kids in front of the TV, here, sit here, watch this while I go do this. I need you out of my hair. But let's all try to be like, hey, let's know what our kids are watching, know what they're reading, know what they're goofing around online with, and understand the messages that they're bombarded with and have conversations. I think Jennifer hit very something very interesting like, Kids are smarter than we give them credit for. Her nine-year-old is seeing that we're using women's basically naked bodies as billboards for products that have nothing to do with naked women's bodies. People, little kids see that. So let's have conversations about things like that with our children and make sure that we're knowing what they're seeing, what they're doing, what they're bombarded with. It's easier to craft that message to your own personal parental values. Is it true that both of your sons as babies had bibs from Hooters that said, I'm a boob guy? <laughs> they stole those from me. I usually wear those when I eat because I make such a gigantic mess. <laughs> you take that to any restaurant you go to? <laughs> it's like... I just tuck it into my tuck it into my collar, like what? What? Just keep food off my shirt. What yeah. are you gonna do? You're like at the Four Seasons or something, like with that. I eat at the I believe it or not, I eat at the Four Seasons every single night I'm at work. They have a great spread for the employees well, that go. work in the middle of the night, and they make food for us. So we go eat there every single night. How come and we go use the Four Seasons bathroom? And they have uh, this is like tales from like the other side, like rich people, they have like a little thing of mouthwash in the bathroom. You squirt it in a little cup and you put the mouthwash in your mouth. I'm like, man, rich people love fresh breath so much that they have mouthwash in the public bathrooms you know what? of the rich people bathroom. I went into a rich person bathroom once and I, there was a hole in the stall door uh, on the side. I didn't know what that was for. So um... Was it the side that you were, <laughs> which side were you on there, pal? <laughs> the business side of the <laughs> <laughs> Something came through the hole at me, and I ran out. <laughs> so, speaking of being intentional with what your kids listen to, don't let them watch. Yeah, seriously, to this show. do gonna... not let your kids watch the show. Listen to the oh show. Oh jeez. Okay. All right. Well, let's get huh. to it. That is. Uh, uh, that's. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Sinleyman Podcast. Coming up next week is nothing. No show. No show on March fourteenth. Repeat and uh, leave us a review on iTunes to get. Uh, 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 into the March Simply Human T-shirt giveaway-a-thon. There will be shows on the 21st and 28th with Kate Galliette and Jim Laird, and uh, I'm not sure what order they're going to be in, but uh, that'll be good and stuff. And also, give, give us a social media share. It helps us grow the show. It helps us get the message out there to other people. When your people on your Facebook feed or your Twitter friends or Instagramists or whatever see <laughs> that you've done that, you're spreading the word very quickly and very, like, wildfire. Yes. Very wildfire. So if you like something we do, share it, and that will, you know, maybe burn some people to to being more human like you are. There you go. SimplyMyStyle.com. Twitter and Instagram is at SimplyHuman52. Uh, email the show SimplyHumanLifestyle or SimplyHumanRick at gmail.com. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember... G. Smith starring with Arnold Schwarzenegger in Pumping Iron 2. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so until next time, enjoy yourself. <laughs>